Yeah, I think we're good. Okay, so uh, hello everybody. Thank you for joining us today on uh, Wednesday. I hope you're having a great day. My name is Jake from Umbrella IT Services. And today we're going to be talking about branding your business with a good friend of mine, uh, Kevin Adele. So I'd like to thank Kevin very much for coming on today. And uh, before we begin, I do have to do the YouTuber thing here and just ask you to please leave a like on this video. It really helps us out. And if you'd like to see more videos like this, then please subscribe to the channel. And if you have a suggestion for a future video, please leave a comment below in the description or send me an email directly at techtips at umbrellaitservices.ca. So now that we've gotten that out of the way, um, I'm really focusing today on refining the brand of your business. So um, refining the brand of your business is something that can be intimidating for people. And for me personally, it's something I've struggled with for years. So thankfully today we've got Kevin on with us and uh, he's going to help us shed some light on this topic. So again, I'd like to give Kevin a big thank you for coming on today. And we're going to be discussing things like how to start thinking about branding, changes in the industry over the last decade, where to spend your time and intention as a business owner, what does authentic branding look like, and we're going to go into a couple of other topics. So again, thank you, Kevin, and, and how's your day going so far? Well, thanks for having me, Jake. Day's going good. Day's going good. That's good. good. Cleared up a little bit. So. That's awesome. As usual, it's, it's a pleasure to speak with you, man. I always learn a lot whenever we sit down, whether it's Starbucks or my office or your office or anywhere. It's always great talking to you, so I'm very excited to kind of jump into this today pleasure thanks for having me no worries so what is it exactly that drew you to branding in the first place <clears throat> so um sure i guess a little bit about myself i uh i started in uh in design i mean my my path was very intense on going into architecture uh, out of high school um i i interned for a design firm and uh and then came to vancouver um, and, uh, went to Emily Carr. Uh, I didn't finish at Emily Carr. I dropped out after, um, after some time and I took a year off to, to volunteer and kind of find myself and whatever. But, but the reason I talk about that is because I always kind of had that, that artistic background and that, that creative mindset. So I ended up, um, before going back to school, I thought, you know what, I should get a job before I, I get back into it. And, um, and I ended up in sales, um, which led me to, to spending a couple of years with uh, with BMW, and while I was at BMW, I was at the you know number one volume store in Canada, um, and I realized that you know of the 15, 16 of us salespeople, six or seven of them had been there for 20 years, mm. and then practically everybody else had been there for somewhere between five and 15 years, and so what that meant for me was a lot of the people walking in the door or calling in the store had either bought from one of these veterans or had uh, been referred to one of them, you know, somebody they knew had bought from them. Um, and so I had to figure out how to get people in front of me. And so I didn't, I didn't know necessarily what branding was, you know, I, I guess by way of the, the car business, I kind of heard about some of the big guys in, 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 in you know, motivational sales marketing speak. Um, and so I kind of had a little bit of influence, um, but I got in touch with, the, you know, the marketing team was upstairs in the ivory tower and one of the guys came down and he started helping me think about, think about how I could market. So one of the ways that I did that was through email marketing campaigns. And so, uh, I knew nothing about email marketing campaigns then nothing about, uh, uh, you know, response rates or open rates or any of this stuff. Um, and so I started taking lists of upcoming service appointments and um and you know breaking them down in excel spreadsheets 
and then applying them to email templates and sending them out. And so, you know, I would title the, the, the email, you know, Brian Jessel BMW service appointment, whatever the day was. Um, and then the email would look something like, you know, dear Mr. Customer, Mr. And Mrs. Customer, I took keen interest in your upcoming service service or uh, I was looking through a list of upcoming service appointments and took keen interest in your, you know, year BMW model, um, you know, with the incentives at the end of the year, yada, yada, I wanted to offer our valued service customers the first chance at these incentives. Are you open to discussing trading in your car for something new while you're here on, you know, day of the appointment? So I had all that in Excel and it just auto-filled. And so the first day I, I sent out probably like 12 or 15 emails and I got a response rate of about 50%. One of them said, you know, no thanks, thanks for checking in. And everybody else who responded said, yes, I'd love this. And so I, I very quickly learned that, okay, there are other ways to get people in front of me. So effectively, I built my first sales funnel, uh, though I didn't know what that was. Yeah. Another thing that I did was I started, um, I started working with a company based in San Francisco who ran, you know, some Instagram support algorithms. And so, you know, I paid them a couple hundred bucks a month and we started looking at, um, you know, what they would supposedly do. I don't know how, how true it is. I didn't write the code, but basically, you know, they would like comment and and follow um and so the parameters under which that happened we we consulted on so one of the things was i chose i chose um 100 locations in and around the lower mainland so anything from a premium car dealership to you know rogers big stadiums uh high-end restaurants high-end you know shopping districts um so any one of those businesses if somebody liked or followed one of those pages you know, supposedly, again, I, I don't know how effective it was uh, or how true, how honest they were about how it worked, but it would go in and like and comment. There was a list of generic comments, like nice page, so on and so forth. Yeah. Uh, love the post um, that it would apply. And so for me, you know, at the time, it was a couple hundred bucks a month. And, you know, to, to my way of thinking, I thought if, if one, if I get one deal a month out of this, um, it'll pay itself off. And so, um, that's kind of where I started thinking about marketing. And I realized that actually I'm much more interested in figuring out how to get people's interest and get them in front of me than I was at closing car deals. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I was better at it. Um, and so I left and, uh, and I went into, uh, I went to Audi I, to work in finance. Um, after a few months, uh, or, you know, a finance office in an Audi dealership, not finance for Audi Canada or anything. So I left uh, after that, uh, spent a couple months there, and then business partner and I went into uh, into another space, and I kind of ran it in the in the way of uh, like I you know I had, I filled the marketing role of that company. So I did that for about it, about 10, 11 months, and then uh, I decided I wanted to work on e-commerce sites, and uh, and I got in touch with a friend who had been in the space for about twenty years in different forms, and uh, that's when I started to you know build campaigns. Uh, build sales funnels mostly for e-commerce clients, and we also did stuff like uh, automotive lead generation that we sell to dealerships. Um, but but anyway, kind of that's the path, right? And so why I was I guess drawn to it is because it it blended these two notions of um, you know how to gain people's interest, uh, how to how to build business, how to do all these solve all these problems that were really interesting to me, as well as um, you know looking at it through the lens of of creativity and, and kind of understanding that. As much as we try and make this a science, uh, it's never fully a science. Um, so that is a, an extremely long 
<laughs> yeah, there's a lot there. Um, so I, I know for sure that the Steve Jobs opening there, where you went to the college, that you kind of got the formal education of it. As you said, you ended up dropping out. You did the the self exploration and and the the same thing as Steve Jobs did, which I always I always find interesting. And then you went into the real world and got the direct sales experience and kind of got that reality check and and went into the more personal loyalty side of things is what what I've learned from our previous conversations is that direct sales is, is too robotic. It's too disconnected for, for what your approach is. And I've noticed that you always kind of focus on how can you build brand loyalty? How can you make sure that who you're talking to is someone that wants to be in front of you and vice versa? And how can you really form a relationship with these people long term? Um, is it, would you say that's a pretty good summation of your, your approach to things? Uh, I, I definitely would say that uh, comparing me to Steve Jobs is not a good summation. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate that. but uh, Anyone who drops out of college, I always just say it's the Steve Jobs thing because you I'm went sure. into the system. I, it wasn't for you. You took the time off. I did drop out of college. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, a, a little bit more on that point maybe about about direct sales. You know, I what I, what I thought was exclusive to the car business, you know, this old mode of thinking, um, you know, insert cheesy line here, like, uh, you know, now is the time, um, you know, last day of sale, uh, we only have three units left, like all this stuff that is very much pressure focused. Um, and, and you got to do this now. I mean, look, there's, there's some kind of like, there's definitely a lot of, um, logic and experience that backs a lot of these uh, theories and, and, and approaches to selling things and, and you know earning earning revenue uh, based on the sale of products or services. I I personally I think that and and I'm definitely not the first person to say it and it's been talked about for a couple of years now. But I think that um, uh, it's very it's very much changing. I mean, all you know consumer trust is certainly at uh, an all-time low. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we look at um, we look at um, at um, you know, for example, Instagram. Ten years ago, you know, you could start an account and you could throw up, you know, a photo of a nice car and you know, Photoshop yourself in a nice hotel room or on a beach somewhere, and then have some cigars and you know, some Gucci shoes or whatever. Yeah, the the fifty cent approach. <laughs> What's that? The fifty cent approach. Yeah, the fifty cent. Of, you know, no offense to fifty cent, but but yeah. but basically, you know, I can craft this image, and yeah. though that thinking certainly exists, the reality is that what worked then no longer works. Yeah. Um, and you know, I followed people who, for a near decade, have been extremely consistent with their content, extremely consistent with their messaging. You know, have brought people along for the ride the whole way, and still. You have so many people who question, you know, who will say things like this guy's faking it. This is all a lie. And it's like, you know, it's, it's certainly a reflection of the time. Um, but, but that's kind of what interested me more in branding. It wasn't that I don't believe in sales anymore. It was more that how people are thinking about being sold to has, has been changing. Yeah. So as you mentioned, you've been tracking stuff for a long time and you've seen a lot of changes happening. Um, how do you recommend people get started nowadays now that things are so the market is so saturated and there's so much distrust like if you even mention like oh a corporation says x 
most people right. immediately say, okay, well, if a corporation's saying it, it therefore is evil. So how do you recommend that people kind of get started with developing their brand strategy during these kind of uh, ter turmoil, like uh, these, these kind of confusing and, and saturated times? Because I know for myself, speaking from experience, I'm always afraid that if I put a message out, one, it's going to be considered too cheesy. Like you said, like, oh, we're, we're running out of things or this urgent call to action um, sure. is coming on too strong. And then I'm afraid that if we're just posting generic information, it's not going to be helping people, which is why I'm so happy about this YouTube opportunity, being able to interview experts like Gabby last week, yourself this week. Uh, Kevin uh, coming in from Yardstick Services next week uh, about WordPress design and this kind of stuff. Um, so I, I, I feel personally like education is the best way to do things. But from there, I have no idea what to do when it comes to developing a branding strategy. So what, what do you usually recommend people do to get started nowadays? You know, when I work with when I work with um, with with clients, I think one of the most important things, uh, Jake, is is kind of getting getting to a place where I feel like we're on the same page and, and where they feel like we're on the same page. And a lot of that comes from kind of downloading onto them my mode of thinking, where I get my insight from, where I get my perspectives from, um, who I'm who I'm listening to. Um, and and one of the things that has really stuck out for me over the last a couple of years that I've been looking at this is this idea of documentation. Mm -hmm. um, and and why I say that is because look, you know, with you know, supposing all the things that we've just talked about consumer trust being true, um, you know, how how is it that we then can present an image that is authentic or at least as authentic as possible uh, to to kind of draw attention from people that actually like us or or want to buy our products and services. And it's difficult. Of course, it's difficult. And uh, and what I'm going to suggest as well is very difficult. Uh, but one of the things that stuck out to me the most is this is this idea of documentation, mm -hmm. documenting the process. Um, and and the reason for that is, you know, if you, for example, have um, you know several hours a week of long form video content that you've documented, um, it becomes a lot easier. To break that up, so for, let's look at let's look at its advantages. For one, it's 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 authentic. It's, I mean, what is authenticity anyway? But but it's it's pretty. It's it's much more interesting and much more real and honest than let's say every day I wake up in the morning and I think, okay, I gotta post something. What's gonna be interesting today? Yeah. Or I gotta post something ten times a day. What is going to be interesting? What is going to retain uh, people's people's confidence, people's interest in us as a brand? And so, um, when you have this long form content, it becomes a lot easier to, you know, be honest, and and it gives you a much larger pool to play with. So if you have two or three hours of content a day, or or you know, a couple hours a week, then you can say, okay, well, not only can I break up that three hours into hundreds of small video clips um, in, in in editing. Um, I can also take photos from it. I can take, uh, I can make gifts out of it. I can write articles based on things that I've said. I can take, you know, let's say you do you, like a podcast like this. Um, I can create an audio form, an mm. audio file from it, put it on, 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 you know, Spotify or iTunes or something else. And, and what you'll find over time is that you attract people who are interested in you or interested in your brand. Um, and yes, it's not going to win everybody over, but I think we're kind of past that, that, my opinion is we're past that stage of 
branding or or marketing as a as a ploy to get everybody to like us. Mm-hmm. You know, especially with with what's going on in the world right now, we see that it is impossible to have everybody like you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Perfect. So it sounds to me like step one is is again forget about again chasing your market. Just be authentic. Broadcast things that are interesting to you. And your market will actually find you as long as you stay consistent with your messaging. Is that correct? Uh, yes, to an extent. I mean, the only thing I would kind of have issue with is this idea of consistency because, um, look, if you're consistent in putting out honest content, I think that that is, that is going to, you know, authentic content, stuff that, that, that's real, that's not, not necessarily scripted. Um, if you're consistent in that, uh, that is, that's what I think, that's where I think consistency That makes is sense. Important. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Okay. Um, and, and if you're, let's say that I, I start doing this as I've been doing it now for about three weeks and I'm posting every Wednesday, every Friday, um, how would I be able to tell that my branding strategy is working? So for example, I can see that my numbers are on an upward trend, which is great, but uh, what if, uh, you know, people do get anxious about this stuff, just if, especially if you're doing something with a professional marketer like yourself or like Gabby or other professionals out there where you're spending a thousand dollars a month on, on their management of the campaign. Um, how do you recommend people kind of think about and how do they track their progress with this stuff? I know documentation is key uh, so that you can see what's actually going on and you can say, okay, last month we had these results this month we're having these results, but what, what do you recommend for people who are trying to track their progress as it were, or how can they see that their strategy is working? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> if we look at companies like, you know, massive companies like, let's say, you know, a Unilever or a Nike uh, or a Pepsi. Um, the reality is that the the amount of data that they have and the amount of people working on that data um, and the amount of technology that they have that assists them in, in, in analyzing that data is is massive. Um, and and insights can certainly be drawn. Um, you know, for for a lot of people, including myself, before I got into this space. I'm always looking at, at, you know, what is my ROI? How mm-hmm. much am I spending or, you know, how much am I getting back based on what I'm spending? If I'm going to spend a thousand bucks a month um, or, or if I'm going to spend, you know, 10 K a month on, on branding or marketing, you know, what is it? When am I going to start to see a return? Um, look, it's, you know, the first thing I'll say is it's always, it's always very case dependent um, and there's never going to be a blanket answer, but um it's certainly a it's certainly a challenge for small business owners mm-hmm. because they don't necessarily have that time. Their budgets are really tight. They're more concerned about you know getting more leads this month or this or next week uh, or, or or you know six months down the line. Whatever the timeline is, uh, we get very protective of our money when we don't have a lot of it. The reality that that I believe is that it's just one of those really uncomfortable things to be patient for. Um, but the sooner you get started, the better it's, it's going to be for you long term. Um, maybe you decide that you don't want to be online whatsoever. I'm sure there's, you know, you've got your reasons for that. Um, but, but um, you know, the benefit, the other benefit I would say is like now with with these social media platforms, there's it's really easy to get analytics. Um, and so, you know, watching those things are certainly important. Like you, you're starting to like what like what does this cost you to do this YouTube channel and put out these podcasts? Yeah, just time really. Like that's the only thing that I'm really doing is it it takes me probably 
<clears throat> probably an hour to two hours to do a prep for an interview like this. Um, and then the webinar is probably take me four hours uh, of prep time to do like a presentation on something. So I can definitely, but I am documenting things as you mentioned. So I will be able to eventually hand this off to someone else um, and they'll be able to take over this role and continue doing this should it pick up <clears throat> and begin right. allowing us to develop uh, again, a, a community around the company and uh, enabling revenue growth and all these kind of things. But um, yeah, I would say probably about six hours a week, uh, eight hours total, I think, if we include the time it takes to actually record the, the webinar, record the interview, post it, all that stuff. Set up calls. Yeah, exactly. So about eight hours a week out of my 60-hour work week. Before it starts. Yeah, so I would say probably, uh, yeah, I, I think probably eight hours a week out of my 60-hour work week. So no, nothing crazy. Right. right. You know, for some people, it's not a lot. For some people, it might be a lot. You know, what does that eight hours cost you? Um, um, look, I, I, I personally think what you're doing is is one of the greatest ways to go uh, because not only is it authentic in that, you know, you're 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 having conversations with people. Um, it's also it's also interesting because you're bringing in people that, you know, or people that you've worked with or friends of yours. Um, and so there's kind of that element. Um, Look, as you go, uh, certainly I would I would encourage different ways of promoting uh, what you're doing. You know, get get the podcast guests to to kind of to to, to plug it. Get yourself, you know, make sure you're plugging it yourself, putting it on LinkedIn, putting it on other places. It is gonna be a it is gonna be a little by little thing. Um, you're gonna develop a you're gonna develop a a, a a base for sure. It might happen that it takes you know five years to get a really a lot of attention. It might it might be that it takes a couple months. There's there's so many variables that are not are not able to be analyzed or or uh, have insights drawn from them by small business owners. Yeah. So how how do you recommend that people <clears throat> kind of build this brand? Is it by creating original, authentic content like this? Um, is it best for them to just pick a platform and run with it? Um, when we spoke with Gabby last week, she mentioned that a good idea is to look at where your audience is. So you need to kind of, before you begin, you need to think about, okay, if I'm going to be targeting lawyers or accountants or creatives or young entrepreneurs, whoever it is that you're going after, you have to say, where are these people located? You then pick your platforms, you create the content to best suit that platform while maintaining that authentic message, and then analyzing the data, <clears throat> A-B testing, and then just waiting. Um, what what would you recommend people do? Is that a that seems to me like that was a very good strategy? But I know you have a, a slightly different outlook on things, and you're always thinking outside the box. What what do you recommend for people getting started? Um, certainly, I mean, you know, there's if you're a business owner who's had your had your business um, for some time, you're definitely going to know some things about your customers. Um, and so and so, uh, yeah, looking at looking at kind of where do they spend their time. Um, are there, are there, uh, are there similarities? Are there kind of insights I can draw, um, around, uh, where they, you know, what their, what their interests are, uh, beyond, you know, my product or service, uh, that's definitely, definitely a good way to look. Um, it's, it's difficult. I mean, that's one of those things that you gain more insight into as you go, you know, you'll, you'll only know more about that as, as you kind of get the experience, which is why I say, starting as early as possible now whether that is whether that is starting to understand your analytics on different platforms mm -hmm. uh whether that is um you know hiring hiring a company to come in and help you 
um, whether that is you know just doing a lot of research on your own, following people in this space. Um, they're 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 all important, but I think I think the most important thing in, in kind of my heart that I want to express is that um, this is this is more than ten percent of your budget, you know, quote unquote. Uh, this is more than okay. I, all I have to do is think about spending ten percent of my budget. This is very something you hear very common. All I have to think about is ten percent of my budget on marketing. Um, and and what I take issue with is not the the percentage or the amount of money, but rather the 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 kind of tendency to want to just brush it off as something that's not important. Mm -hmm. uh, building your brand is, is more important than ever these days. We see, um, you know, even Jeff Bezos right now is, is, you know, screenshotting emails of, um, you know, people who've called in and, and I swear I'm not going to get political, but, but people who have emailed in and, and said things, you know, um, in, in, uh, they're against him supporting, you know, a, a cause, for example, uh, and he'll screenshot his response and put it on Instagram. You know, that's that's so much more valuable than running an Amazon ad, for mm -hmm. example. Um, so, so, yeah, very, very interesting times. Again, all I want to say is that it, I think it's really important that we think about it, um, think about where customers are coming from, and, you know, be, be curious about it. Be, yeah. be truly intellectually curious about where your customers are coming from and, and how to how to – meet them where they're at now <clears throat> that that actually brings up a good point speaking about the political stuff <clears throat> is there such a thing as good branding and bad branding because <clears throat> i know for example right now we have all of this these crazy tensions going on there's a lot of problems yeah. in the world that that need to be resolved and dealt with and a lot of people i see are either in my camp or i, I don't think my business has any right to discuss topics that are going on with any community at any time i think my business's job is to deliver IT services to people, and my business's job is to indiscriminately empower employees and clients to do whatever they need to do. I don't think my business needs to be getting involved with any of that stuff. And then on the other side of the coin, I see a lot of these companies like Under Armour, Nike, um, and Citibank, Goldman Sachs, people with not exactly good histories of helping uh, people that are very much pushing um, the current BLM stuff, they, they were pushing the coronavirus thing quite heavily, um, and they, they get involved in a lot of these campaigns on both sides of the aisle. And I always wonder, is, that, is there a such thing as good branding and bad branding, or is it the uh, old saying where all press is good press? Um, so I, I'm curious to kind of hear your thoughts on, is it, uh, have you noticed any sort of negative pushback for example i see right now i think it's the vancouver candle co guy um he he came out and there was a lot of racist text messages that he was sending off and uh but for me i just heard about vancouver candle co now i know that the guy who was running it was a racist piece of shit but allegedly um but i also found out that he was an inter uh he was a gay man in an interracial marriage which i know appeals to a lot of my friends so um again is there such thing as good branding or, and bad branding here? What do you think? Loaded question. But yeah, so, I know. It's very sensitive. So, yeah, I apologize for that. Yeah, I, no, no, it's okay. Um, look, before before we get into that, to answer your question, is there good branding and bad, is there good branding and bad, bad branding? Yes. I 100% I think that there's good branding and bad branding. Mm. Um, now, for example, if you look at a you know a large majority of uh, business pages on Instagram. They will have hired somebody, whether it's somebody that's not very experienced and just collecting a paycheck, or somebody who is you know your 
your your niece or nephew or daughter who's 24, 25 years old yeah. um, and knows how to run Instagram better. Um, I think that most of those pages have very similar type of content. Mm. Um, it's, you know, quotes um, with, with you know, your, your color and your logo in the corner um, uh, or um, like what's another really common one? Like, you know, tips and tricks. Like there's, you know, just, just as some examples, it's really dull and it's really boring. And look, it's not easy to create a very unique brand, um, which is why I kind of go towards this idea of documenting your process, documenting your story, because it's much more interesting to see somebody build a business than it is, you know, to hear about or to, to, to read a quote. Yeah. Um, oh, great. Jake's Umbrella IT has put out this inspirational quote. Uh, I couldn't give two, two, two shakes of a stick, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so looking at that compared to, okay, Jake is, you know, breaking into this space or he's, or he's doing this this morning or, you know, this is kind of the office vibe um, at Umbrella IT, I think uh, definitely is not going to get everyone's attention. A lot of people won't care, but at least the people who are interested in that, um, it'll, it'll get them a lot more loyally to, to kind of hang on. As for, um, as for you know, relevance to, to kind of what's going on and, and taking issue with political sides of the aisle, um, look, I mean, I think uh, I think what I can say is certainly that there are there are trends. It's trending towards being really clear on who you as a company or what you as a company believe in. Um, so it is important to express those beliefs then, if, if it is truly something that you do support you would recommend that the people again express themselves honestly without hesitation like again i'm not the type of person to shy away from a question or a conversation which is why again the, right. with the political stuff i'm always happy to discuss it openly and make sure everyone's going to be able to get hurt at the same time um so that, that's really interesting to hear so in terms of the good branding again like it, it sounds like it falls back to what you said initially is one of your staples which is be genuine, be authentic. No one cares about your quote that you can see on every other basic Instagram page. It's much more important to highlight what it is that you're currently experiencing. So even though to myself, I, I think it might be irrelevant that people understand like, okay, I'm going to be doing my first bit of marketing. This is something I'm struggling with, et cetera. Or when I first started the business in a bedroom closet, fixing phone screens, I do regret not documenting that more. And I, I feel like you are correct where if I was able to share that stuff earlier, I feel like if I had been documenting the process and, and sharing that with the world, I feel like I would have been able to help a lot more versions of myself that are now five years behind. You know what I mean? Like that's because that's kind of the, the motivation for me to do these videos is to help other business owners and help nonprofits and help these people. But it's also to find and help me five years ago because I know that. If, if I could have seen, okay, it is possible to go up against a big company like Apple and fix their phones faster, better, cheaper, and you can do it using these methods, that would have been hugely beneficial for me to see someone else doing that. That's one of the reasons why I like watching Lewis Rossman, who is a, uh, a YouTuber from New York City who runs a repair shop so much. He goes on his YouTube channel and he'll, he'll literally just to start cussing Apple out. Um, he's showed laptops that have 
human fluids inside of them that he has to fix and he curses and he's very genuine and i've watched him go from a thousand subscribers four or five years ago when i started watching him now he's over a million i believe um and it's the same thing with eli the computer guy who's another rough around the edges kind of kind of guy and uh sometimes they dip into the political stuff but for the most part they stick to their little corner of the internet which is computer repair and computer education and um, watching their journey and watching Lewis go from having his one employee and having his shitty uh, repair uh, equipment to now having a brand new store in New York City right. in the financial district and watching Eli, the computer guy, travel around the world in his van with his wife and his two dogs as he does these computer seminars. Like it is, I very much have this parasocial relationship with the guys where I'm like, oh, I, I know this person, even though I don't know the first thing about them. It could be a total act. I do feel a connection to their content. And when they're posting things as another business owner, I'm like, okay, what's Lewis talking about today? What can I pick up from him? What can I learn? What can I read in the comments that other business owners and other tech enthusiasts are commenting? And it does kind of create this good relationship. So even though the messaging, I don't agree with it all the time, like you said, you can't please everybody. Um, just the documentation and the trail of content that he's created is enough for me to be able to share the links with other people and then they'll kind of get sucked into the wormhole and all of a sudden I, I can watch two hours of this guy's content while I'm working or listen to it like you said in a podcast and all of a sudden I'm like oh I, now I know that if I'm working on a MacBook, I need to keep this in mind. And I need to know that this 2015 MacBook is very likely to have, uh, or, or a better example would be a 2017 Mac, uh, MacBook Pro is very likely to have a video cable uh, malfunction because Apple made the cable one or two millimeters too short. So when you open the screen, it's going to uh, pull on the cable a lot. And after you do that a thousand times, it's going to break. I wouldn't have learned that unless I'd been following uh, Lewis and I wouldn't be following Lewis if he wasn't such a genuine guy, if he was this, uh, what's the word? If he was this sanitized corporate spokesman where he put up a video that was just like, live your life, live, laugh, love. I would have been like, okay, I'm gone. I'm out of here. But because he's this rough guy, who's just like, I don't know, this piece of shit won't fucking work. What am I going to do about it? Uh, it's like, okay, what? Well, let's hear what this guy has to say. Like, this is hilarious. Like, this is very interesting seeing this guy go up against Apple and these other things. So, um, what, what would be an example you think of, of bad branding other than just the generic stuff? Like, is there any tips you can give people for content creation? Um, no, I, I mean, yes. Um, I think, I think, uh, sorry, just to, just to rip off yeah. your, your last kind of point there. I think, I think you, you're, you're right on the ball. And, and in fact, I would, I would probably posit that there's also an aspect of entertainment that exists when you watch Eli um, because you form that relationship with them. I'm sure you're not, you're not only looking to it for, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like you're probably not only watching it for the insight, but also it's entertaining. Absolutely. Um, it's entertaining and, and, you know, you, you've developed kind of a relationship with them uh, in, this, in this, you know, very new um I guess mobile way. What does in terms of what what else what examples uh, of bad branding I could give? I mean, look. Um, or good branding, you know. Either way, truly, just just examples for or, folks. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't know Jack FM very well, but I've seen their ads around recently. <laughs> they're, if you're not in Vancouver, they're a local radio station. I think they're, are they Vancouver based? I think they are. And yeah, they've they've had a lot of uh, of uh, 
you know, bus stop ads and, uh, and, you know, on the, on the side of buses. Um, and it's just like very funny stuff. They're like, you know, stuff like, uh, um, um, what's, what was one of them? It was like, uh, we don't mind being your fifth favorite first or your fifth first favorite radio station. So, and just like, like kind of very like, you know, self, uh, self-deprecating stuff. Yeah. And like they know they're not the best. They know not everybody loves them. Yeah. Um, look, I, I, I don't know if it's necessarily, you know, I don't know if it's working for them. Um, but, but that's an example of like stuff that I find that I find funny. So like, if you look at, for example, why, why we're kind of in the age that we are from, from my perspective, um, you know, of course, being in, being in advertising, I, I love the show Mad Men. Um, and so one of the things that happened in, in, you know, as they did, cause they document, you know, a period in history. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that happened was it went from purely print to, you know, being on TV and then the way that technology came in, um, the way that computers became really uh, a significant force to be reckoned with was that they started, for example, looking at, they started creating algorithms that could, for example, match up an ad, um, let's say for lemonade. I think this is one of the examples that maybe not perfectly on it, but, you know, lemonade, and they saw that there was one ad for lemonade at a TV, at a commercial break, right after the scene in the TV show was a guy, you know, chewing on a sour lemon and, and him being like totally against it because his face was, you know, he's like, oh my gosh, like this is terrible, it's so sour, whatever it was. And then it was an ad for lemonade. So like, okay, well, we can't have that next to each other because people are going from one association to another and therefore they're not going to like our lemonade. And so that's kind of when, that's when, when context became really important. Um, and, and as we kind of go on in, in the different platforms, I mean, what marketers do is, is we ruin things. We use a platform until it's no longer, it's no longer, people are no longer receptive on it. Mm-hmm. You know, email marketing 25 years ago was extremely effective. Now, how many emails do you get in the morning, Jake? Uh, I think like 65 a day. Okay, usually, how like many do you actually read, right? Yeah, no, I, that's uh, my thing is I open it up and it says like this morning, I think it was like 65, 67 emails. And I go, yeah. okay, how many of these are from people I actually give a shit about and what subjects are actually engaging? And mm-hmm. I'll go through and I'll delete 98% of the automated ones. And then maybe it's one from like a, a competitor or it's from a vendor that we use. And it's like, here, we're doing a webinar on security or we're, we're giving you information unless it's educational content and I open it up and it's something that says, oh, big sale or, oh, this thing is going on or congratulations to this, whatever. I don't care and I delete them all. But if it's something that says, here's our tips on working remotely during COVID-19 for your, your clients, I'm like, all right, okay, I'll keep that. I'll download your PDF. I'll give you my email again, even though you already have it. And I'll be good. So at the end of the day, I'll go from 67 in the beginning. Within five minutes, I go down to like 18 to 25 right. that are that are from clients or contain actually engaging information. Sure, sure. So so yeah, exactly right. And and uh, so I don't, I don't actually know recent numbers, but um, you know that's that's an example of of something that you know what what's always going to happen is that that attention is going to shift mm-hmm. um, and based on a bunch of different factors. Um, and, and one of them is uh, if something becomes too saturated with garbage, we're not going to look anymore. Yeah. Um, 
Um, so speaking you know, of that really quickly, I noticed that when TikTok came out, like whatever, months and months and months ago, you were actually one of the first people I know saying, jump on this boat now. And then I still don't like it. I still don't use it. It has too many ties to things that I don't like. But I remember right. you saying that and everyone at the time was like, ooh, stupid app, kids dance and whatever. And now it's like everyone that I know, all these parents with their kids on Facebook are using it. And, and you were one right. of the first people I know who was like, don't miss this boat. Get on TikTok, start promoting yourself. It's gonna blow up. You want to be one of the first people on here. And um, is is that what you mean by the attention changing? Like, are people gonna move from? Uh, oh man, I forget now. Are people gonna move from um, MySpace to Facebook? Like, um, is it important to to be keeping those things in mind? Like, is is it an attention economy where uh, you you want to be building your brand and building your tribes so that you can jump over to the next platform when? marketers end up taking over and ruining the current ones <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah well i mean just just to to be super clear on that uh tiktok's been around for about three years now um and they started out as an app called musically or musically but it was, it was uh, anyway oh really um, and uh, gear, yeah gear i didn't know that it, i think three years ago back when it was still called musically got it um and uh and uh yeah i mean look that's that's always an example i just like just like a just like a, a you know a stock just like a you know piece of real estate just like anything you're going to invest either my, money or time into uh, there's always some risk you're never going to know fully um, i think it's it's kind of important to um to to have your finger on the pulse of what's going on uh where are there are there platforms where people are getting attention you can't get them all some people do get them all some people get you know one of, of 50 um um but to your question of is that what I'm talking about when I'm talking about shifting, to an extent, yes. Uh, but also going back to some of the other points we've been discussing, um, what is going on in this space? So, you know, beyond just platforms, like okay, what are people talking about? What's interesting to people? And I think that I think that that's where that's where this idea of documenting, you know, your your true story or you know, as authentic of, of, of your process as possible becomes becomes kind of a one-size-fits-all strategy in that it um, it's always going to be genuine. Uh, it's always going to be real. And you will lose a lot of people on the way and you'll get people along the way. Um, and, uh, and so, again, how many times have I hammered this home in, in just this one conversation? But I think that that's where, that's where good branding really lies. Um, and, and bad branding, I mean, look, like you mentioned, there's there's examples of people who have gone either for or against uh, certain issues. I I don't have enough data, man. I, I you know I can't say for sure what's right or wrong. I think that's uh, that's really going to be a personal choice. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want to start getting into getting into um, believing that this is the way the world should be or shouldn't be uh, because because not because I want to avoid the topic, but truthfully because I don't know. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, I think I think right. that's right because it does. Again, I think it goes back to what you said. If you're genuinely, if it's genuinely something that, that you do think needs to be talked about, then again, that's your genuine belief. You as an individual, go yeah. for it. Um, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So uh, another question that I have for you is very quickly, uh, what tools do you recommend people use while they're beginning to develop the brand or they're refining yeah. their brand? Because um, one last little closing thing that I kind of want to talk about just to move on sure. to this before we, we do is um, I, I think that what I've learned so far is that 
my branding does come through even in our services. Like when I was talking to somebody yesterday, we're getting a new client on, um, just in the sake of conversation, they made a comment saying, oh, okay, so this is, this is a concern of ours because with our previous provider, this was an issue. And I just let them know, we only provide services in this way. And right. th immediately they were like, what do you mean? Like, what, but no one else does that. And I just let right. them know, well, no, the, the way that we do business is in a way where I don't want to be doing business with people that don't want to be doing business with us. It can't right. be an enforced system. It's got to be a voluntary agreement between parties. So for me, it's very important that if we're going to be continuing to work together and doing these kind of things, mm -hmm. that we have this level of communication, we have this level of engagement, that there is that understanding of, of we are here to help your business. We're a part of your business. And, and to them, that was just completely out of left field. They're used to people saying, okay, right. we're going to get you on a contract. We're going to lock you into this contract. We're going to juice you for three years, neglect you as soon as you sign the contract, and then throw you out the back door, which was their experience with this prior provider. So um, right. it, the branding and the culture that I've kind of created with my team does shine through every day in the way that we help our clients. I have people that have come over from other providers saying your quality of service is so crazy. You guys are so fast mm -hmm. to respond to things. I know if I'm calling in, I'm always going to get help with things. And, and mm -hmm. I kind of made sure to hammer home these basic values and, and tenants of service that I have with my employees, which has then bled out to our clients, which I'm just now starting to try to express through our social media stuff. So, and you've given me some yeah. ideas already, like going on Spotify and putting this on Spotify, for example, and then just yeah. kind of now I, I have the, the almonds are activated. My noggin is jogging and uh, I'm going to be trying to highlight those things on our Instagram or on our Twitter and, and being able to highlight employees going above and beyond, et cetera. Um, because like you said, documenting those differences and highlighting the values of your company are, are things that, again, will resonate with some people and not with others. But as long as it's a genuine message, and I am genuinely proud of employee X for going above and beyond, that's all that matters. So I, that's, I very much appreciate those insights so far. Um, so to, to, unless you have something to follow up on, what, what tools would you recommend for people? Yeah, um, no, it's great. I think, um, so, you know, I've, I've kind of run the gamut in terms of the, you know, the web development, I've, I've done social media marketing, I've done a bunch of stuff. I think one of the, one of the really cool tools that I uh, picked up on was um, an app called Over, um, just like, just like it sounds. And it's a yellow, I think it's a yellow square with a, uh, with a white O in it. Um, yeah. And so that's a really good app for, for doing content creation. So there is a, a free version, which limits you. And then there's a version that you charge, uh, that charges, I think 20 bucks a month. Um, and it's, uh, it gives you basically, so templates for social media posts, um, uh, as well as access to, I think, Shutterstock and, and Pixabay, uh, for professional photos. Um, and, uh, and it, you know, has, has templates for, um, for different posts. This is not a plug. I don't work with them anyway. Mm -hmm. My only, my only concern in recommending something like that is that someone's going to then take one of those templates and go completely off track from what we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. um, um, but if you're looking for like really cool tools to be able to to create you know quality posts with, um, that's one of them. And they they also have you know fonts and all kinds of they have template videos and stuff like that as well. Um, so so that would be one of them. If you, if you're into okay, well I got to start somewhere. I'm gonna have you know 
you know, X 25 year old, um, or 22 year old doing my Instagram, you know, pay for over, let them use that. Yeah. Um, and, and that can be on Facebook and Twitter and everything, not just Instagram. So that's one. Another would be, um, uh, Sprout Social. Sprout Social is a, another paid, uh, app, uh, and service that allows you to schedule posts and receive data from different posts. So for example, if you've got, you know, your, your business Facebook page, your Instagram, your Twitter, your LinkedIn, um, you can, for example, for a creative like myself, I am not very good at every single day at, you know, 9 a.m. doing the same amount of creative work to put up the post. But what, I, what I'm very good at is going, you know, 16 hours straight with, you know, a little bit of water, doing a whole bunch of creative work, and then being completely sick of it for a week or two. So what that allows you to do is you can then schedule posts out. So if I get three months worth of posts, in a month or two, or in a day or two, then uh, then I can schedule them out, and it'll give you insights. So that is that is another paid feature uh, or service. So this is all for kind of social media. Um, and then, more important than all that, though, honestly, Jake, I think is is kind of where you're getting your information from, mm-hmm. um, and where you're getting your insight from. And I'm not the the person who can decide that for you, but one place that has been really really helpful, um, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk, I'm sure most of you guys have heard of. I, I used to listen to him, I don't listen to him anymore, but he posts, puts out a lot of really incredible documentation. You got to keep in mind, he does service companies like Pepsi. Um, you know, he does service Fortune 500 companies, I'm sure Fortune 50 companies in, in you know, the digital media space, no matter what you think of him online. Um, and so he puts out a lot of really great documents. Another is Jim Stengel. Uh, he's got a podcast uh, sponsored by Deloitte. It's called the CMO Podcast. So he interviews, you know, chief marketing officers and global heads of marketing from around the world. Um, and, uh, and his podcast is really great. Some of my favorite, uh, conversations have happened there. Um, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, so when we're listening to people like Gary Vanderchuk or listening mm-hmm. to the CMO podcast, or even sure. looking at brands, like you mentioned to me, we, we had a brief discussion before we went live about Casey Neistat. Um, mm-hmm. and I haven't watched him for a couple of years now, but, um, I know that he blew up again, being genuinely angry at Apple. Mm-hmm. He was showing people, hey, the mm-hmm. iPod batteries, they only last 18 months. You're paying 800 bucks for this iPod. And then you have to throw it in the garbage after, after 18 months because Apple wasn't replacing right. batteries at the time. Um, and his genuine outrage led to him being one of the most successful independent filmmakers on the planet, I would say. Um, right. So when we're looking at people like like people, again, like I have my little sect of people that I like to watch, like Louis Rossman and Eli, the computer guy, et cetera. Um, what kind of mindset do you recommend people use while we're looking at our favorite creators or we're looking at our favorite brands so that we can kind of deconstruct them and build our own? Yeah. <clears throat> Look, I think, um, you know, there's definitely no one size fits all, right? If, if yeah. you're, I think that the most important thing is, it's just kind of this curiosity, this intellectual curiosity of, who are my customers and how can I meet them where they're at? Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, that'll kind of inform you and, and, uh, yeah, man, I mean, you might, you might be interested in things that are, comp- that are wholly irrelevant to, to marketing or branding, but you pick up some insights because for whatever reason, you know, he said something that made sense to you and, and it gave you that, you know, that sense of, of inspiration that you needed to go in and then tackle this. Um, Look, I, I don't know, man. I, you know, I truly can't say for everybody that it's the same. Um, when it comes to specifically marketing stuff, 
Um, I think, look, there's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of people saying a lot of stuff out there. There's also people who have a lot more experience than me that have opinions that I completely disagree with. Um, am I right? Are they right? I'm not sure. Uh, but you know, my theory is that it's not simply about getting attention. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's just my belief, right? When in my work, I don't think it's as easy as uh, just getting attention or just convincing somebody to do something, but all of that kind of, kind of goes to how you, how one runs their business, um, how they think about, uh, earning revenue, um, you know, how they want to impact the world. Um, so those are, I think things that are important to know, um, individually or, or, or as a team or as a company, um, while you kind of endure this process. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Do you have any other uh, overarching kind of tips for people before we close off? Just like from the, like you said, you want to document the process. So what would be the mm-hmm. process if you were to break it down into let's say five or six or three to five steps of going yeah. from not consciously thinking about branding to operating mm-hmm. things? What, what would you recommend mm-hmm. people get started with? So first thing I would say is, is kind of having a, con, uh, a consistent blanket of, of messaging mm-hmm. um, across the different platforms. So if you have a website, uh, make sure that, it, that it's consistent with, with your Instagram, your Facebook page, all these things. The amount of people that I know that have, um, actually, I think you were telling me this as well, bad guy, that have like multiple YouTube channels or multiple Twitter accounts yeah. or whatever else, like get rid of that stuff. Yeah. Just have, you know, make sure you have one, make sure the messaging is consistent. If you have colors, make sure, you know, this is like step, step one, basics before yep. you start thinking about anything. Dude, I don't um, even know this stuff already. So you're already yeah. teaching me things. So this is great. hundred <laughs> percent, man. Like, because look, you know, the reality is you, you're trying to get people's attention. You want people to think about you. Um, and so if I see umbrella IT on YouTube and the font is one way and everything is red and, um, and uh, they don't talk about being in Vancouver um, and, you know, the, it's just as umbrella IT versus umbrella IT services, for example, and then, you know, I go to the website, it's all professionally done and, and everything is clean and clear. And it says this in Vancouver, what is making me assume they're the same company? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's just like a simple example. So get, get your messaging, get your branding uh, on point would be the first step. Um, and then I would say just like start with really consistent uh, posting of content. Um, and, and I would say start as soon as possible, just documenting, documenting everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't have to necessarily be hiring a camera crew or walking around with, with, uh, you know, hiring somebody to do it. It could be as simple as, okay, I'm going to make sure that everybody on my team takes 10 photos a day around, let's say, you know, the shop and takes 30 seconds of video every day. Um, and then, you know, and then that funnels back into, into kind of your, your database at the end of the week or at the end of the day, you're reviewing it or your marketing person is reviewing it um, and coming up with, with, with pieces of content from that. You know, that, that could be a way to start. Yeah, that sounds great. Because I think that really gets you started. And then like I'm hoping to do, it's kind of starting to click into place as you get the feedback loop from your audience. So like... Well, that's what it is. That's yeah. what you want, right? Because you, you want to meet people where they're at. And so this is all about getting that feedback loop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, yeah, I, I think that's great. Um, that's awesome, Kevin. Thank you so much. So I, I think that about does it. Um, do you have anything that you would want to promote or uh, how people can reach you if they have any questions directly for you? Um, anything you want to leave us with? Well, you know, first of all, just thanks for having me. Um, 
as far as uh, as far as anything I want to promote, just just this podcast, man. I think your your intention behind this is good. You want to help your clients and, and other people, local business owners in in the area, um, and I think that's great. Uh, if you want to get in touch with me, you can just get me on Instagram. I think you you said you'd plug it down uh, down below. You yep. can send me a DM there. Perfect. That's awesome. Thank you, Kevin. I really appreciate your time. Um, thanks thanks again for coming on. And uh, I hope this video does give everybody a good foundation to start implementing different brand strategies for their nonprofits or businesses. Um, and if you would like to reach Kevin, as he mentioned before, hit him up on Instagram. That's Kevin for everyone. So at Kevin for everyone, uh, that'll be down in the description. And then uh, we can also give out your email. Uh, and I'll leave that in the description as well. So people can reach you uh, directly. So um, again, got to do the YouTube thing here. But if you would like to leave a like on the video, it does really help us out. And if you want to see more videos like this, then please hit the subscribe button as well. And if you'd like to see us go live, you can click the little bell if you do have any questions in the future. So if you have a suggestion for future videos, make sure to leave a comment in the description down below or email us directly at techtips at umbrellaitservices.ca. And if you have somebody that you would want to come on the podcast and have them talk about something that you think would benefit small businesses or some of our clients, please again, email me directly and we can schedule them to come on. So in other words, have a great day and I'll see you all soon.